Hello, my name is Amy Toy, the host of Angel Answers with Amy Toy. Besides being a radio show host, I'm also an intuitive counselor who provides spiritual insight into matters of the heart. Are you confused about your love life? Thinking of getting a new job? Wondering about your purpose and why you are here? I work very closely with not only the angelic realm, but also those who have crossed over to the other side. All sessions are strictly confidential. I also offer long-distance healing sessions using angelic energy. This angelic energy, also known as Integrated Energy Therapy, IET, can be done through Skype or on the phone and helps you get the issues out of the tissues. For first-time clients only, I am offering a 20% discount. You can find me online on amytoyamytoy.com, Twitter, Facebook, LinkedIn, or email me at angelicamy35 at gmail.com or simply call 727-514-7323. May the angels carry you through, and this is for entertainment purposes only. Well, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. This is Amy Toy, your host of Angels Answers with Amy Toy. We have a very special guest with us tonight. Her name is Carrie Hummingbird. She is soul guide, inspires people to lead their lives wide awake with authenticity, passion, and purpose that positively impacts others. She catalyzes mind shifts that transform life challenges into gifts of wisdom with her Reinvent Yourself programs for individual and group mentoring. She is an international international best-selling author of The Second Wave, Transcending the Human Drama, and the award-winning best-selling book, Awaken to Me, One Woman's Journey to Self-Love, which describes the early years of her spiritual awakening. She has served as a spiritual, a social activist, leader, and philanthropist for over three decades. She's the founder of Life Skills, Not Pills Movement, and host of The Soul Nectar Show. How are you doing, Carrie? How's it going today? I am doing really well. I Good. feel like my life just... is like a Russian river right now. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> I'm just trying to like sit back in my tube, enjoy the ride, you know. Yeah, I know. It's like starting last week, the you know, it was just like one thing after another. It was real quiet, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, okay, I think I got my rest. I don't know about you. <laughs> so, <laughs> you better have because it's about time to go. It's go time. <laughs> I know. I know. It is, it is the season. So, Carrie, you have a new book out, is that correct? It's called Closing the Book of Fate, Opening the Book of Destiny? Well, it's actually called The Second Wave. Okay. Transcending the Human Drama. And what the guides recommend we're going to do right now is close that Book of Fate and open the Book of Destiny. Ah, okay, okay, okay. Told you, blonde. I'm blonde. (laughs) That's okay. I'm a redhead. Fiery. You know how this thing goes. (laughs) So how do we do Why don't you start off? How did you actually start on this journey before we get into the topic? I mean, I like to know where people come from. So how yeah. did you awaken on this journey? So my book of fate. Yes. <laughs> book of fate. Yes. How did you start on that? Because we all have a book of fate. Yeah, we do. We get one. We get gifted one. Otherwise, we'd show up here and be like, what are we supposed to do? <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, you got to have a game plan, right? So right. my book of fate, my book of fate was um, I I was a little girl, as we all have been, little girl, little boy at some point. But in mm-hmm. my, it was like the first five years, I had some trauma. You know, I had a lot of trauma. My mom um, married a man who was uh, 
really not really probably ready to have a child. Uh, mm-hmm. And he had some trauma of his own in his past. We're going to talk a little bit about that, I'm sure, today. But he had some trauma in his, in his from his mother um, who brought him around and really kind of abused him, left him out in the hallway at hotels while she met with men and things like this. So he, he was had a lot of things he was working on healing within himself. And if, and at the time he, that he was with my mother, he was not healing that yet. He was still in the full-blown like book of fate experiencing it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then they got pregnant with me when she was told, oh, you're never going to get pregnant. And then there was me. I was the gift <laughs> from the universe. <laughs> sent to my mother who was in the middle of how am heck am I going to have a kid with this man and I don't know how this mm-hmm. is going to happen because this crazy lifestyle does not support this. So essentially she found a, what she thought was going to be a, a better better guy left my natural father married him and he turned out to be like going from the frying pan into the fire. So mm-hmm. that was you know my early childhood. Then at five years old A little miracle or a totally huge miracle happened. And in the apartment complex where we lived with the first stepfather, uh, this man, I met this man on the stairwell. He was just sitting there, you know, being unassuming. And and part of this is this recollection is really just because my dad told me about this. Um, My Mm -hmm. second stepfather, who I call my dad, he was sitting there. And I, he made contact with me. And he said that I was the scariest, scaredest looking kid, just totally like dark circles under my eyes, like just going through some really major stuff. And he was just kind. He was kind and he Mm. was curious and he could see the light within me. And Mm. uh, later on in a week or so, there was a divorce party. It turned out that he and my mother both knew the same people. And so they went to the party. That's where they met. So they had their moment of like connection, you know, like soul mm-hmm. connection, like, oh, my God, you're the one. I got to leave this mm-hmm. other guy. You know, I was looking for you. Where were you? <laughs> so, you know, my dad entered my life at five and he passed away a couple of years ago. But in between that, he was my rock. He was my teacher. He was my um, everything to me. He taught me a lot about life. And I realized I had this ability to, you know, I had all these what I call cracks in the foundation. A lot of people Mm -hmm. have one family environment, you know, their whole life. uh, And then they there's no it's like just one foundation. It's hard to break out of Mm -hmm. that. But I had three Mm -hmm. possibilities. I had dad one, dad two, dad three. Mm. So which one am I going to pick? Mm-hmm. So when I got married, I picked dad number two. <laughs> I picked, yeah. he wasn't, he wasn't violent, but he was, you know, he had a lot of the same, um, unworthiness issues, you know, a lot of the, the traumas and the alcohol and all these things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he was a lot like my mother at that time. It was a lot like my mm-hmm. mother growing up, um, at that time. So I married my mother essentially. And we had a 20-year relationship, which I call my book of fate, you know, is like clearing mm-hmm. karma, understanding how humans operate, mm-hmm. you know, understanding what is trauma, what, what, is, uh, what is codependency, what is, what is narcissism, what is empathy, what is all these things. And that was, that was really my journey. And it ended the moment I got the spirit vision, which I didn't really know what that was at the time, but I just, I knew, you know, when you get one of those, you tend to pay attention. It was so profound. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I saw the end of the rope, bam, and it tossed up in the air, and I thought, oh, I saw the end of the rope. That means that's it. 
had a conversation with him, said, we've, we've beat this horse till it's dead and we need to move on. Like there's something mm-hmm. more for both of us. And if we keep doing this, one of us isn't going to make it. And it's probably going to be me. So I have to save my life right now and get out of here. Like, cause this is going someplace even worse. I left. Mm-hmm. And within about six months is when I found, you know, uh, this, I got a first spiritual healing and I can talk about that, but that was really mm-hmm. my book of fate is kind of all those patterns of family and all these questions, you know, about fathers mm-hmm. and mothers and what is life and how do I survive? And all of that was, you know, mm-hmm. zero to 42. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, I, yes, I can relate to that. Mine was, um, oh God, I think mine was 34, 35 around there <laughs> when I figured it out. But it, it happens because we just, um, we got to wake up. Our soul is like getting our attention. It sounds like your soul is getting your attention. Get out of that situation. There's something better for you. Yeah. And I didn't know what that better was. And it was hard mm-hmm. to leave because yeah. materially we had a nice lifestyle, you know, and we had uh, moved to Texas from California. We had sold our California home when we had, you know, the money from that sale. And I had my studio. I was an artist at the time and I had a studio for the first time and I didn't want to leave that. I don't want to leave my studio. But there was like this voice within me that got stronger and stronger and stronger and said, if you stay, you're not going to make it. You need to go. Mm-hmm. And I heeded that because I, I, I have two sons uh, with, uh, my former spouse and we, I love my sons and I wanted to be there for them till as long as I could possibly be here. Mm-hmm. So it was important. It was important to speak up for myself and to, and to take this new journey. I had no idea where it was going to go. It was a huge leap of faith. It is, it is. But sometimes I think, you know, you can't go back. You have to go forward. It's like, there's no, that door is closed. That's it. That's it. You know, you're done. If you, if you don't, like you said, it's life or death sometimes. Most of the time it is, actually. Yeah, and I think also because I was, um, you know, as part and parcel of that book of fate, I was listening to what everybody else said. Like I was, they were telling me the way to solve your problems is to go to psychotherapy. And so I was going to psychotherapy every single week talking about my problems and thinking mm-hmm. that was the solution to making them go away. And it didn't for me it activated it more and it made it even worse. And then I started taking the bill, the pills that they subscribe. And then I got the diagnoses and, and that all just demolished my self-worth. So for me, listening to what everybody else was saying I should be doing actually didn't work. I needed to find my own way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And sometimes it's totally contradictory of what society norms are. You know, you take a pill, go to, you know, go to this therapist, do this, do that, which is all well and good. Sometimes you need it, but there's more to it than just, I think it just goes to, you know, the surface. It doesn't really, it covers only the surface matters, not what what the spiritual would help you with. Yeah, you know, it's funny because in psychotherapy, at least there's all different kinds of psychotherapy, and I don't mean to, you know, dismiss it because Mm -hmm. it it can be a powerful experience for people. For me, it wasn't the solution. But, I mean, I had one therapist that just for years, all she did was take notes, like the entire way through the sessions, and just let me vent. And then I would leave and come back the next week and say exactly the same stuff in a new way. Like, there wasn't any movement. So when Mm -hmm. I finally 
jumped ship, I was ready to take action. And I hired a spiritual mentor who was a, a yogi guy with hair down to his hips, and he played Led Zeppelin to Vinyasa. And I was like, okay, now that's that's a guy I'm going to listen to, because like, I'm a rebel, you know, like forget this other stuff. And, you know, he called me on it. I brought to him like my latest thing, because of course I jumped right into dating, because I had to replace the one I had just left. And mm-hmm. I immediately launched into my story over lunch, and he just looked at me, and there was like this platter of food in between us, and he turned it 180 degrees and then pointed at me, and he said, that's all you. <laughs> I mean, wow. this guy did what nobody else was brave enough to do, was to tell me, you did that. You created that. Yes. Yeah. And it so, woke me up. It was like a slap across the face, but it woke mm-hmm. me up. Yeah, I'm sure at the time it pissed you off, though. It pissed me off and it woke me up at the same time. I mean, I literally actually the the feeling was shock uh-huh. and then the truth. Mm-hmm. And I know what truth feels like. So it was like shock and then truth. And then I looked at him and I said, well, how do I stop doing that? And he said, well, that's why we're here to do. I said, all right, well, tell me how. Let's do it. You know, I mean, I'm willing. I mean, I'm a rock bottom for me. You Mm -hmm. know, I'm willing to do it. I'm not on the street or anything, but I don't want to get there. And I need to, I need to change. Like, there's something deep I need to change here. Mm -hmm. So, so let's talk about this foundation issue. Um, What do you mean by that? The foundation. Can you explain that to my, our listeners? Yeah, I mean, that your understanding of life is mm-hmm. cemented into your brain from <laughs> zero to seven, right? Mm-hmm. And because you're a sponge and you, your mind just doesn't even know. Um, it can't, you can't make conscious, rational choices for yourself until after the age of seven. So from zero mm-hmm. to seven, you're just soaking up what everybody around you thinks. And so depending on your family of origin, you know, that, that could be a range of things. So, you know, uh, the people that have been really with one family, one point of view, one community, one environment for their whole lives, they really believe that that's the truth because there hasn't been anything conflicting it. And in my case, I had three different, radically different fathers in the space of five years my early formative years. So Mm -hmm. I was in a different spot where I had a question. I didn't have like a rest assured, this is exactly how life is and this is how relationships work. I had huge questions like, well, which one's the most accurate? You know, because I had that and then I had this and then I had this, you know, so I don't know what Mm -hmm. to believe. And Mm. that's really defines, I think my journey is coming into my own truth and knowing that all of those conditionings have been placed in my childhood brain and learning how to make choices and discern from those things, even become aware that that's the patterning that's happening. So it's been a really interesting journey in that regard because there's been so many different influences all within my first five years of life. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that we're at a time where people are awakening to their family of origins patterns? or patternings, as you call it. I have found that with my clients. I don't know about you, but I think there's more of an awareness coming forward. 
Absolutely there is. Absolutely. Because we start to see, and even my own mother, um, my mother who certainly, you can't help but pass patterns onto your kids. Let's just say that. So in all yeah. honesty, like the, you could become yeah. a parent and you can't help but pass stuff on. It's just the way it is. Right. The way you can do it the best is by being really super conscious and aware and still you know, you're still going to pass some things on, I believe. But in the case of mm -hmm. my mom, my mom really thought she was breaking the patterns. Like she saw really bad patterns um, from her, what she thought was really bad from her mother. And she thought she was breaking the patterns with me. And she did. She broke a lot of those patterns. But then some other patterns that were sneakily hidden underneath those got passed on, right? So that's my work. That's the work I get to do. And, mm. and then I thought I was doing my work and believe me with all my years of psychotherapy, when I had my children at 30, you know, in 33, I thought I had it all together. I thought for sure I am doing this perfectly and I am not mm -hmm. passing patterns onto my kids. And lo and behold, I passed a whole slew of stuff onto them <laughs> that I didn't even know I was doing because I wasn't conscious yet. I thought I was conscious because I was going to the psychotherapy from my mind. I thought I knew what I was doing, but I was completely in my ego and I had no idea that I was doing that. Hey, better late than never, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it just happens. <laughs> Thank just goodness happens. for recapitulation, you know? <laughs> yeah, it just happens. <laughs> Seriously. Thank goodness we have recapitulation. We can go do child healing. We can go in the yes. past. We can rectify our mistakes. You know, we can apologize. <laughs> so we have a lot of tools to help us. But yeah, I think people are becoming more conscious. And so because they're more conscious, they really, they know that, hey, wait a second. I didn't intend to do that. They're more mm -hmm. aware. And then all these yep. ancient tools are surfacing now to help us to do the cleanup work so that we don't just, you know, go through the rest of our days repeating the patterns, but we have a moment, we have a, an opportunity to clean up the stuff so that we help ourselves and our children. And not only that, but seven generations forward and back. I like that. Now we talked on our first initial call about ancestral clearing and you and I have done a lot of that. <laughs> yes, we like... have. And, <laughs> and we're still ancestors... working at it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> You're welcome. We love you. You're so welcome. <laughs> Would you explain that a little bit? You said just mentioned about the seven generations backwards and forwards. <laughs> How can we clear our ancestral background? I mean, I've done that too. I mean, I've gone back 10 generations. <laughs> I'm like, damn, these people are really we're screwed up. Anyway. <laughs> Well, you know, we're coming out of like thousands of years of patriarchy and control and subjugation and domination and, and you know, and violence and a, a lot of patterns that we're now moving into the age of Aquarius. They aren't compatible, you know, with where we're going. Mm -hmm. So we got to we got to clear those. So so I'm I'm aware that um, at this moment in time, I might hold some judgment over some of the things that my ancestors did. 100 or 200 years ago, but what they were doing 100 or 200 years ago was perfectly relevant for the time that they were living in. It was just what the times were. It was what they were facing. So, um, you know, today, standing here today, it seems horrendous. So I was like, oh my goodness, mm -hmm. how could you disrespect the mother or how could you do this? You know, how could you control her or this or that? Mm -hmm. Well, that was just how things 
you know, that was the evolution of human consciousness happening 200 years ago. That's just, they were doing the best that they could. So, but, but what we can do now is we can thank them. We can say, you know, thank you for this pattern that really worked well 200 years ago, but completely doesn't serve me now. And I know you Mm -hmm. love me and you don't want me to be saddled with something that doesn't work for me right now. You know, there's Mm -hmm. a lot of ways to go in and do this healing. Um, you know, I do this healing with my clients, of course, and we do it etherically. So I bring people to a Mm -hmm. place called the sanctuary, which is it's a it's a fifth dimensional construct for healing, and so we can go in there and we can we can open a spirit to bring in the ancestor that you know or you know to show us like where did this thing get started essentially, and then we can release the energy, thank the ancestors, and 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 turn around and face the future without this pattern, but with all the love because we want to keep the love. The love is beautiful. We want to keep that. You know, my mm-hmm. friend, um, my friend. Uh, Gary Stewart also does a great stuff. He does constellation work, which is a different way of mm-hmm. doing it. It's like a group way where you, you know, it's in person. And it's amazing to see like how the archetypal energy of these family constructs lives in so many of us. It doesn't really mm-hmm. matter whose story you're working on in the constellation. You're going to feel it. It's your story too. And that I think is also the same for what we're experiencing at the collective level right now. Like it's, it's, it's everybody's story. I mean, it's just mm-hmm. a different version of it it's you know it's a macro story that's happening in all these little micro installations but that's how we can relate to each other because we're all experiencing very similar things mm-hmm. and what's amazing is awakening that, that that is going on like I said my clients are just you know wow you know I just don't feel like I want to be a part of this family system anymore and this dysfunction how do I get out of it yeah, I completely understand that, and I've had that feeling so many times that it's, it's you know, hard to count, but, you know, here's, I think it's a process, you know, I mm-hmm. think that at first, for me anyway, and maybe people can relate who are listening to this, you know, there could be some behaviors or, or ways of being that the family system has in place, right, so I want to talk about mm-hmm. it in terms of a family system, there's like a okay. family system and each person's playing a role in the family system. So what I what I realized was I was playing the role of the one who's to blame, you know, for mm-hmm. everything. So like mm-hmm. everything in the family system ended up being somehow my fault. And then if I called it out, then I, it was even more my fault. So there's just the role mm-hmm. I was playing. And now I used to really resent that. And, and then I actually believed it too. So I went to all these years of psychotherapy to fix myself so that I could be lovable. But here's mm-hmm. the deal is I realized through all this eight years of, of spiritual inquiry and, and, and training and everything is that this is a role I've been playing as a healer, which I agreed to come in as a healer to this family system and transform it from the inside out. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. I know that that's what has been the true up until now in the book of fate, right? I agreed to do that. Mm -hmm. I've been doing it through all of these years of healing, but now I have a new opportunity. I have a new choice point because I'm aware now that that's how I came in. I'm aware that that's Mm -hmm. the role I've been playing in the family system. Now I can disrupt the family system because the family system in itself, that dynamic doesn't serve anybody because the people who are disowning the content aren't getting the learning and the healing that they actually need to serve, to progress themselves as souls. 
And if you're mm-hmm. the person who is getting the, the, the energy of it's all yours, so like all of it's being dumped in your bucket, then mm-hmm. you're getting really strong processing all of that stuff. But, you know, but also you could be using that energy in a lot of other ways and you probably are awakening to your purpose right now. So that doesn't serve you either. So this, so the whole family system actually needs to be re-architected so that every single person is taking personal responsibility for their fair slice of the pie of that family system. And the thing Mm -hmm. is, not everyone's going to, right? Because this is a matter Mm -hmm. of being awoke enough to it. To, to where you can acknowledge and do the first step in spiritual transformation, which is to admit it. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. That part is hard for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It is. And we, as I've, you know, a lot of my listeners, listeners know I, I'm not, I haven't spoken or I've distanced myself from my family. It's been a long time now. And, you know, still things come up for me, but not as bad. And that's what I needed to do was extract myself from the family system because it was like, all right, this is enough of this crap. You know, I I have other things to worry about. And, you know, you're right. You have a sole purpose and you have to just move on your own spiritual path. And whether they acknowledge that or not, that's their problem. Well, and, you know, the thing is, is that part of you removing yourself from the family system is a disruption to the family system. Mm-hmm. I know. It in is. fact, I know. Yeah. It's, yeah. yeah it's, and yeah, then they have to kind of face what's left. And, and what that does is that creates awareness because because you disrupted the family system, you pulled yourself out of it. Now they're more aware of the gaps, right? Like they're more aware mm-hmm. of like, oh, so that's how it is. And now if they pick a new scapegoat, then it's really obvious that they're picking a scapegoat. See, the whole paradigm gets revealed because then the next person's like, hey, now I'm the scapegoat. And then they mm-hmm. became aware of it. And then maybe they say, you know what, I'm out of here too. And then they leave. And then the next person. <laughs> so it whittles itself down, you know, pretty quickly. And mm-hmm. it reveals itself as a false construct that's designed mm-hmm. to keep people in family systems from actually sharing love with each other and compassion mm-hmm. and forgiveness and it locks it up in a fear-based matrix of control and blame mm-hmm. and judgment and punishment mm-hmm. and all the things that the ego uses to create division. Mm-hmm. So when you remove yourself, that's great. So now let's say you've removed yourself from the family system. You're grieving for the relationships that maybe you wish could have been, which I've done that. And now you're moving forward on your path. So what do we do with that new path that we're kind of, I think gifted is the word I'm getting. Gifted. Yeah. Well, it's, you know, this is a voyage also of self-mastery because now you've removed, you've removed yourself from the family system. Now, immediately what happens is a lot of inner child work. Like now you have to be there for your inner child who's like, I don't have you know, my mommy, I don't have my daddy, I don't have my brother, I don't have family support. And that part is really particularly challenging for people. um, Mm -hmm. Because if they feel like they don't, if they haven't yet tapped into that, which is bigger than them to that greater consciousness that's supporting everything that they're doing and learning, if they haven't Mm -hmm. tapped into their soul yet, then it can be a very lonely journey, it can feel tremendously burdensome. And Mm -hmm. it feels like the deepest abandonment. And this Mm -hmm. also is a spiritual awakening. You know, this can be a dark night of the soul. 
that mm-hmm. is the thing that you know helps to crack it open. So cracking open that foundation so that a new possibility can come in and the spiritual awakening can happen and the soul can really fill in all the gaps in the spaces. And that's mm-hmm. a journey and it's you know it's it's a beautiful journey but I mean think about it the caterpillar probably doesn't know when it goes in that cocoon what's going to happen it just like driven in there and then mm-hmm. all of a sudden all its pieces are falling off you know and it's like what the heck <laughs> I didn't know that was going to, I'm turning into mush. That is not a comfortable process. Mm-hmm. You know, let's, let's no. face it. It's not. It, it's not. It's a very uncomfortable process, but it also really makes you dig in to yourself, to the core of self and really makes you dig in and get in there. And, um, yeah, and it's that inner resiliency, you know, and realizing that you really can rest back into the divine. Like it's got you. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So how can we, you know, um, after we, you know, live through our, the book of death, of fate, how, you know, in the story of your personality so far, how can we get into the book of destiny being the potential of your soul that you can create in this lifetime? How can we get into that, Carrie? The only one that can open the book of destiny is your soul. <laughs> so <laughs> you have to surrender <laughs> to your soul. <laughs> <laughs> that is the only way to get there. And it is a journey. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, there's layers. It's like, mm-hmm. how many licks are there to the center of the Tootsie Roll Pop? I don't know. But <laughs> it does get easier every lick you take. <laughs> so you just keep licking that pop. And you get further and further down into the yummy, gooey center. And it's good. Uh, mm-hmm. so I think that that's really the journey at this point. I mean, you, when you, you got to make the inner decision, like, okay, soul, I see what's happening. You cut off all my finances. You cut off my family. You've taken my spouse away. My kids aren't talking to me. You know, all the things, right? My friends don't like me. I'm negative Nelly. Everything is bad. You know, like, okay, <laughs> you took everything away. Mm-hmm. Now what? Mm-hmm. What do you want from me? And it's mm-hmm. that, you know, it can be that eat, pray, love moment, you know, down on the floor mm-hmm. on your knees. Like, yeah. I submit. You win. Mm-hmm. I submit. And when your soul wins, everybody wins. When your soul wins, you win. Mm-hmm. So it's a win, win, win. And it's the ego that wants to make it a contest. It's the ego that wants to make it a struggle. Because the ego is terrified it's going to die. It's like, you're, gonna, you're trying to kill me. And the soul's like, Mm -hmm. I'm not trying to kill you. I've been making you for so long and all this effort. There's no way I'm going to toss you out right now. It's about to get good. No, no. I just Mm -hmm. was forging a channel nice and strong and resilient so I could flow through you into the world. Mm -hmm. That is the place to get. And that takes mm-hmm. a mentor, really. I mean, you've got to get guided on this stuff because it's the ego's got a little, t- lot of twisty little mazes and thought tunnels mm-hmm. that it likes to lead you down into to keep you really preoccupied in your thinking mind and mm-hmm. not so open to the spaciousness of your soul and what it has to tell you in your heart. Mm-hmm. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it's kind of like. <laughs> It's kind of like the water slide, you know, if you ever go to a water park and all the twisty and turns <laughs> that you go until you get to the damn water, <laughs> the pool below. <laughs> I don't know why. They showed me that. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's Good awesome. Morning. 
that's a good analogy, but it's true. It's, um, I think the hardest part on this journey is just staying focused, you know, and I, I don't know for my, for you, but for myself, it was, it was really scary, but I knew that I needed to do this in order for my soul to heal and to move forward. And that's what I focused on. And I worked very hard at that. It was like, once I got out of the path, it was like, I was ready to go. I'm like, okay, I'm not going back to that. I'm just going to keep moving forward. And you do find a lot of happiness and fulfillment once you do that. And it takes practice, right, Amy? I mean, yes, you didn't just yes. like one day decide to, to do your spiritual practices and the next day like go have Mm-mm. a bunch of beers and say, forget that today. <laughs> I mean, this path, once you start down it, man, there's no stopping. you got to keep going. I mean, you can try mm-hmm. to stop and take a diversion, but it won't feel good. So right. mm-hmm. it is no. a, it's a commitment. Once you, And that's why a lot of people resist it. Because mm-hmm. they know in some essential deep place within them that once they know better, they have to do better. And once they start the journey, they can't turn back. And exactly. so, you know, it's kind of fun to pretend like you don't know what's happening. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it's the secret you keep from yourself. You know, <laughs> you know. I mean, you got to when you take the journey, man, you got to keep going. Exactly. You do. And uh, yes, the journey is full of twists and turns and there is going to be disgusting, yucky stuff that comes up. And you're like, ew, <laughs> I don't want to yeah. deal with this. You're like, I don't want to go through the mud pit. I'm, I'm done with this race. <laughs> you know, but you have to go through the mud pit. There's Now they're showing me like when you do those like challenge courses and you got to like go, you got to like go down on your belly and slide through the mud, you know? <laughs> yeah. I know. It's like when I work out at the gym, I have to do those damn burpees. I'm like, I tell my guy, my, the guy trains me, I'm like, dude, are you kidding me? I hate those damn things. But I feel good afterwards. Yeah, but you do it and you feel better. And when you slide through the mud like that and you go through those sticky places, you know, on the other side is so much liberation. And you just like, you just like let all of that caked up stuff come out of your being and like get set free. And now you're shiny and new again until the next Mm -hmm. layer comes up to the surface. But Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's just part of the journey and Mm -hmm. it's a magical journey. So you know, I think that it's way better than if I'd stick. Actually, I do have a story to share, if that's okay. Yeah, sure. Yes, please. This was really pivotal. I think it happened yesterday on purpose. <laughs> you know, just guessing. <laughs> just guessing. <Jeez>. No. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, actually, it was profound. So, I've been... I have been on my new path, my, you know, pursuing my book of destiny on the path to my book of destiny. And like, I'm pretty much in it now, but it took a good while to get redirected out of my ego-based living for like eight years, right? Eight years, Mm -hmm. which isn't that long for some people. They're like, wow, that was quick. (laughs) Like, felt Mm -hmm. like a long time to me, but eight years. And what, uh, what's interesting is that I have two sons. I have a son who's 19 and a son who's 16. And Yesterday, I got called out to do a house clearing, an energy house clearing, because I do that for people too. If they have some funky energy in their house, you know, like mm-hmm. they don't know how to what to do with it. Mm-hmm. And this, in this particular case, it was because the woman, the mother, had committed suicide. Oh yeah. And as I went through the house, I saw the picture of her with her sons, and it could have just as easily been me in that picture. With the two boys. I mean, it looked like me. I mean, not exactly, mm. but you know what I'm saying? Like, I felt like she's mm. just, the, she's another version of me. Like, we were living the same journey. It's mm-hmm. just that 
I invested my money in transformation. I invested my money in training. And she was apparently like investing in wine and drinking mm. and things like that. And that was really a problem, you know, for her, obviously, because it led her down to a deep, dark place where she she didn't know how to get out of that spot. You know, mm-hmm. to the place where she just didn't want to be here anymore. And I helped to clear the energy. And, and the biggest block to the energy was that um, you know, her, her younger son found her. And when I was clearing that mm-hmm. space, I could feel his grief where he was standing when he was seeing what he was seeing. And I could feel it. And I was helping mm-hmm. to release that energy. And what I could also feel was her sadness, her sadness mm. that she was witnessing her son go through this and she couldn't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. So this work is so important. You know, what you're mm-hmm. doing right now, Amy, with this broadcast and with all the work that you're doing and the work that you've personally done on yourself, mm-hmm. it's so important for everybody out there who also does this work to know how important it is not only for yourself, but for all the people in your life that you do this work, that you really go in and take that inner journey and mm-hmm. help to heal those things mm-hmm. that need healing within yourself and your ancestry. It's pivotal and really critical right now at this time. It is. And um, I know it's not the journey for the faint of heart, but when you're called to it, and it's a continuous journey. I've been on it 10 plus years, at least 10, 12 years myself. Um, and it's not something, it's, it's a continual work. And sometimes you're just like, oh, the same issue comes up in a different way. But it, it you you clear, but you get uh, adapt to it, adapt to it. So you clear it, it comes up, you heal it, and you move on. It gets it gets easier to clear it after a while, and become aware of it. In my experience, anyway. There was just just really interesting sense, and you know, because I'm always getting downloads um, on mm-hmm. location or when I'm working with a client, and after that whole time in clearing the house, the download that I got was that this was just the easiest way she could let it all go. Like it was just, she'd gotten herself backed into such a corner that the only way to let it go was this way. Like this was the only Mm -hmm. way she could let any of it go. And Mm -hmm. that's just, you know, to me, it's like, don't wait that long. Like don't wait to that point where the only way you can let it go is to take your life. Like really, work on letting it go now, you know, mm-hmm. work on practicing the tools to release these, release mm-hmm. these attachments and release the identifications. And, and as we release all that, then things get spacious again, they get more spacious and we have a new possibility that can come in. But if we're clutching, like I was talking about that foundation, if we're clutching to this foundation is this is my identity. If I let this go, who am I? Well, the answer to that is if you let that go, you're amazing because now your soul can come in and lead the way and flow Mm -hmm. through you. Mm-hmm. And then that's when magic happens. That's the thing mm-hmm. that opens the book of destiny. So who are you without all your book of fate story? Mm-hmm. You're incredible. You're yes. your destiny. Mm-hmm. Yes. And it's amazing. Life is amazing. When you start that journey and you go through the muck and the mire, it's a beautiful, I mean, I'll tell you, despite all the pain and misery and heartache that I had to grieve, and like I said, it still comes up, but it's it's easier because I have a support system that is wonderful. I found people of like-minded souls, and you can just 
let it go and live your purpose. Because the more you clear, the more you can work on what you're supposed to be doing here on Earth. And it's not, Amy, that you can't hold compassion for your loved ones, right? I mean, I love my mother. I love her. I love Mm -hmm. her completely. And there are some things that she does that are, you know, they are not healthy for me to be around at this moment, right? Right. And it's Mm -hmm. stuff she's working on. So I'm going to let her work on that. Right. And hold love for her, complete love, Mm -hmm. as I move forward in my journey. And like you, you know, it's been about a year since I've been in contact. And over that last year, everything in my life has blossomed, like Mm -hmm. everything, Mm -hmm. because I made that choice to remove myself from the family system, let my family do their work that they need to do with the absence, right, of Mm -hmm. me and my dad. Now they have work to do and they get to see clearly what that work is because we're not in the picture messing with it, right? Right. But we get to also, like I'm getting to do my work and my dad is helping me be on the veil. So he's getting Mm -hmm. to help me as Mm -hmm. well. Yes. And um, well, mine's been six years since I had contact. My father passed away six years ago and that's when I knew after his passing that I had to sever ties. For myself because it was going to be life or death for me. It really can be because of all those, um, you know, the early childhood uh, wounding, right? Mm-hmm. From, And this is something I'm working on now. It's uh, white. So I published my book, which you talked about from White Eagle, I channeled White Eagle. Mm-hmm. And then immediately after I published it, I thought I was going to go on book tour. And it was like, nope, <laughs> white buffalo woman comes knocking on the door, you know, like, mm-hmm. hey, I've got work for you. And what I'm working on now is the the uh, the inner work, working with clients, and as get it just getting started launching an eight week program to uh, reveal the, all the ways that the mother wound has surfaced within the human consciousness. So it's called mm. Fierce Love: Healing the Mother Wound, and it's basically this project is is uh, doing this group inquiry into all the ways that this is manifested clearing and healing it on the behalf of seven generations forward and back on collectively. And then we're going to be releasing that into a book and meditations and healings and things like that. They're going to help everybody because once you become aware of these things, you're, you're not subject to them anymore. When you become aware mm-hmm. of it, you can be free of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. And you can. And you know, I, I love my family and I wish them well, but after a while, when you are not, some of us, this is some of us, not all of us, when you're not in contact with them, your life becomes not only better, but you're used to being on your own and being on your own path. That's been my experience anyway, as well. Yeah, and it, you know, it's an opportunity to clear the codependency structures that have been inherited. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is like indigenous tribes, I'll just bring it here. They always had a ritual at a certain point in a person's life usually around, you know, 12, 13, 14, where they became a member of the tribe. And then, you know, it's like they're equal with everybody else in the tribe at this point. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have lost that. Mm-hmm. We've got this forever mother-father that's a forever authority figure, you know? Yep. yep. What, what's, um, well, my family structure, it's like whatever mother says goes. And that's okay. That's the way it is right now. And, you know, from my understanding. And I respect and honor that, but I chose to go my own path. 
And sometimes, like you said, the path is, is tough, but it's really worth it. It's really worth it, finding yourself and just doing what you're supposed to be doing here on Earth. And sometimes you have to remove that distraction of family. Yeah, yeah, and it it helps because you also get a chance to work on, you know, your inner matrix and decide, Mm -hmm. you know, what do I want to say yes to in here from all of my conditioning and what do I want to say no to? Mm Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yep. And you do learn to say yes to some things and no to other things. And saying yes to your, your, saying no to people or places, events is saying yes to yourself. That's a good step for a lot of women to make right now. And this is a collective experience. I want to say that once again. This mm-hmm. uh, this paradigm of authority and uh, sort of like a feeling also of like the um, competitive sister, you know. There's oh, just this yeah. way. It's just mm-hmm. there's a lot of these patterns. What I'm talking about, this mother wound, it expresses itself in a lot of ways. And what mm-hmm. do we need on the planet right now? We need the fierce love of a mother who loves herself. That's Mm -hmm. what we really need. And so we each become that, you know, we become Mm -hmm. the embodiment of that by doing this work. We become the ability to love ourselves so fully that we can be overflowing with love for others in our life. Mm -hmm. And we can be there for them and and witness their journey, hold space for them. Mm -hmm. And that's very important, holding space for one another and supporting, you know, each other on the journey and sometimes some people have been further along than others but you know it's just like just keep holding that space of love and gratitude and everything works out somehow it all works out (laughs) even though there's fear I don't know where I'm going but it works out there's also another little thing that I've had to let go of which is uh, trying to or wanting anybody in my family to change Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. because you know that is not going to happen or it might happen, but it's not going to happen if I'm forcing the issue. Mm-hmm. And it's a drain on my resource to be thinking about that all the mm-hmm. time. And it's mm-hmm. really none of my business, you know, is mm-hmm. the other thing. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm here to do my personal work and in doing my personal work, benefit all of those who share my DNA line, who are willing to receive that upgrade. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And let the rest be, you know, we're all conscious divine beings of choice. Everybody has mm-hmm. a choice. Mm-hmm. And if if somebody wants to go down the path that they're going down that, you know, that you might hold judgment for, like, because it seems to cause suffering, that that's really their choice. They can be in that space. They have the right to be there. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been given this opportunity for, for learning and for growth. So mm-hmm. it's not for me to judge somebody else's journey. No, it isn't. And I learned a long time ago, and that was the most hardest part to let go of, was hoping they would change. But once I let that go, I had more freedom to be who I was and I needed to be. It releases the whole construct, a tug of war, you know, the, mm-hmm. the tug of war between, uh, you know, you and your parent. It releases that when you just let them be exactly as they are. And if, if you can't be around it, then that's a choice you make for yourself. And that's a choice I've mm-hmm. made for myself for now yeah. is that it's healthier for me at, at this moment to hold myself in a new family with my new husband and our children, you know, to be in that space as my family and just to hold compassion and love for my, you know, family of origin, just holding love for them. And, mm-hmm. you know, they'll either come or they won't. 
but they're mm-hmm. a conscious divine being of choice. They get to choose. Exactly. I've come to the conclusion. I don't really honestly think about, you know, what's going on, how they're doing. I'm too busy in my own life. And sometimes I'll, they'll pop in my head and I know they're thinking of me or whatever, but I wish them well and I want the best for them. But right now what's best for me is to remain in the background doing my own thing. And that's hard to do because one of my sayings is screw the guilt. <laughs> screw the guilt. Because yeah, the guilt is another perfect. one of those matrices, you know, mm-hmm. because yeah. ultimately, you know, and this is a message I get from white Buffalo woman is ultimately who's your mother. <laughs> yeah. In the ultimate mm-hmm. sense, mm-hmm. you know, your, your biological mother is someone who is learning to parent, but she's mm-hmm. not the ultimate divine mother. She is someone, you know, just like me, I'm a mother to two boys, but I am not the divine mother. I am me expressing myself and emulating and doing my best, but mm-hmm. there's so much we learn from the divine mother. So that, you know, it's just us doing our best. Mm-hmm. The real mother is the divine mother. Yes. Yes. And, um, I've adopted her as my mother and, and, uh, it's been very cathartic and healing. Definitely. Well, Carrie, um, we're coming to a close of the show. Tell people where they can find you about your books. Uh, you have a free gift for the audience who are listeners. Yes, I do. So I, my website is uh, CarrieHummingbird.com, K-E-R-R-I, Hummingbird.com. And the free gift is at forward slash claim dash your dash destiny. And in that gift, I have gifted everybody my ebook, Reinvent Yourself, mm. and also a meditation for mm. receiving three flames of things you really admire from people that you admire and then emulating it in yourself. So, you know, nobody has anything that anybody else doesn't have. We all are coming from the same place, we're just in different bodies. So it's just right. a teaching, it's really a teaching meditation that, you know, everything that you think somebody else has that you don't have, mm-hmm. you have it too. <laughs> you have it too. <laughs> I would just guide you in a meditation to remember that. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> we all have everything that everybody else has. So, yes, we do. Anyways, yes, we do. That is my offer. Yeah, awesome. and I, you know, I, re- I recommend that people uh, check out the second wave. If any of our conversation here is resonating with them, the second wave book is got a lot of information from white eagle that is super helpful and um people always are, are writing me and saying that they just cry through the first few chapters because it's such a relief to have somebody say the things out loud that are in that book so yes yes sometimes you just need to acknowledge things when you're like oh you know i still acknowledge things i'm still melting some of the stuff that's been held up in me so it's a lifelong journey <laughs> we're still it on the sure journey. is <laughs> Well, Carrie, it was a pleasure having you on the show today. Thank you. This was a very informative interview and enlightening. And my name is Amy Toy, and this is Angel Answers with Amy Toy. And everyone have a great day. May the angels carry you through.